Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Last week, I had something of a of a Broadway week. Certainly for the first time in my in my time in New York, I saw two shows on the Great White Way of Ooh. Broadway. I had, a, I had a friend in town from college and all he wanted to do was see Broadway. And I was like, I have money for like two Broadway week tickets if we were like splitting the cost. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, the first that I saw was Shucked. Um, Aaron, I don't know if you've been inundated with, with pictures of corn all around New York City, but... Yes, no, I've heard of it because I have a friend who, she was an usher on, like, Funny Girl, and so I think she, I don't know if she, like, just works at that theater and whatever happens, or if she works at Mm, different mm -hmm. theaters, but she was saying that that was, like, her favorite new musical and i watched the tony performance and i've seen clips i still haven't listened to the original cast recording but Mm -hmm. uh it so i still sort of have no idea what it's about other than that corn is involved um and that's basically it that's all you got it you 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 know the whole thing i kind of want to keep it that way because if i ever do go see it i feel like i'll be actually really surprised by the story absolutely i think the in a perhaps one-off instance of this being the case, the book of this musical is the thing that you want to go see. The mm. the music is kind of kind of whatever. It feels like <laughs> kind of the whatever the Save the Cat equivalent for Broadway is of like when you one of these songs, when you one of these songs, when you one of these. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the script is hilarious. I was laughing. The whole audience was rolling over a lot, a lot, a lot. Just a very, very, very funny show. Wow. Okay. I know. And not Good just focus. Broadway funny, real funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it seems 100%. like they, they, they know what they're doing. Like they're aware of mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, if you're, if you're going to have a whole musical about corn and really just unapologetically, uh, I really even thought when I was watching the Tony Awards performance, I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll finally, I'll see a song that's like, oh, this is the core heart of the <laughs> musical. And then they were, it, it was like them singing about corn. Um, mm-hmm. So the mystique yep, that's is probably is the opening still number of the show. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was just, <laughs> it's everything. That's the whole, our marketing campaign is just big ears of corn all over the subway. Yeah. It doesn't show you a character or anything. The character I, is the corn. The corn I, is like another character. I mean, I feel like the fact that that kid having that viral, uh, that cone, I love cone um, clip. <laughs> It was. It, really it came at the perfect time for them. They were like, "Corn is part of the zeitgeist right now." I don't know if Too that was true. an accident or like, but I think it really helped, honestly, because everybody was already talking about corn. I feel like because of that kid, they added a vamp too, right? Didn't they like reference the song, the viral song in the, in the musical, the viral song about the little boy with yeah. the corn. Yeah, I think they if, referenced if it. If they did, I didn't catch it. Amazing. Yeah, they must have been like, we have to add that in. I saw he went. I saw he was invited to go oh, see corn. it. If there's one person you invite to the corn musical. It's the cone kid. I love it. It's him. the cone kid, 100%. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, last night I saw 
the weirdest uh, Broadway show of my entire illustrious Broadway-going career called Here Lies Love. Are either of you familiar with this show? That, I don't think... I feel like the last, like, new Broadway musical I heard about was, like, this Britney Spears one and then, like, the... And Juliet. So I don't know what here's... And I, I don't... I Yeah, I heard about them, but I don't know anything about them. So I'm kind of behind. What's Here Lies Love? Here Lies Love, uh, music by David Byrne of the Talking Heads and Fatboy Slim of Fatboy Slim fame. Um, oh, wait, I did hear about this. Yes. And okay. so the, 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 the most interesting part of it was probably... So a basic story overline is that, like, there was... There's a woman named Imelda Marcos who became prime minister of the Philippines and is one of the most hated people in Philippine history. Uh, just absolutely spent all the country's money, tanked it, had her political enemies assassinated. You know, classic, classic, classic stuff. Uh, this was turned into a disco musical oh uh, where, and I think the biggest gimmick is that there is a huge dance floor seating section so i was in the dance floor seating section where you are standing for the entire show on a big disco club style dance floor and you are also moving constantly throughout the show because there are rotating pieces of scenery and there are all these like ushers you know an usher in like a regular broadway theater is like there's your seat these ushers had to be in like big pink fashy jumpsuits with air traffic controller materials and we're like constantly directing tourists around because the stage would like rotate and like push everybody around at one point the stage like just shoots from one end of the of the area to the other there's also regular seats if one chose to stand in there but if one is of able body you do kind of want to be up there on the dance floor because you're like you're having a coyote ugly experience with the cast of a broadway show Okay, two questions. One, did you know that that was going to happen in the seats, or I should say, the floor that you got tickets for? And two, did you enjoy it? Because there's a that's something about that. I think it would stress me out just the way it sounds <laughs> that I'm oh, constantly man. being directed uh, and moving. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'd be like, I'm just trying uh, to watch the show. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to see what happens. I didn't think I was going to be in the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so don't worry, there is audience interaction from time to time. Um, I did know that that was the deal. I didn't know okay. that it would be like moving around. I knew that we were on like the, the, the standing route, the groundling seats, you know, but like if the groundlings were dancing in a disco club and if they were asked to jump up and down and throw their hands in the air. Oh um, but, uh, yeah, so there is, there is that. Uh, I did know that. And, uh, I will say, I don't know. I just like, I like a unique theater experience i've never seen anybody try that before and it does kind of like make you as the audience like feel complicit in the crimes that are about to be you know what i mean you're like wow i was a part of this party atmosphere and now the party's dead and it kind of feels like my fault um and i like i don't know it's it's obviously gimmicky you could never tour this show in the way they designed it for broadway but Mm. It's kind of interesting. It's like Kat, that time you and I saw a musical that was set entirely in a wrestling ring in the middle of a in the middle of a concert venue. Right. That is interesting. Okay, and I think that that's like yeah, the the juxtaposition of like this part like you said this party atmosphere 
um, and the chaos of it. And then, yeah, the fact that the story actually is like so intense and important and serious is that is really interesting. So I'm really I'm really behind. I feel like Broadway is doing so many things. They're just like, what's next? What has not been done? What are we doing? <laughs> and Back I, to the I'm future. What do we got? What are, what's going to hit 100 percent? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if cool. Realize Love is the next Hamilton, but it was it was interesting. I'll say that. I you never seen yeah. a show quite like that before. We're playing with hey, something. We're trying something. Unforgettable, yeah. Unforgettable. Like I'll never forget like being on the opposite side of a big open floor <laughs> space as like a woman grieving her dead son, like essentially comes flying at me on like a moving platform. You're like, that's I will I will carry that with me. <laughs> in my, that in my... is theater. That's the theater. It should be right up in your face. Confrontational. A hundred, a hundred percent. And this is, of course, uh, Run the Julias, uh, the the first and only podcast, brave enough, daring enough to attempt to cover uh, every cinematic work by America's sweetheart, Julia Roberts. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And with me, as always, is... I'm Kat Scott. I use they them pronouns, and I have seen the film. <laughs> and I have nodded that hill. Uh, this Amazing. Is and thank you. And joining us uh, here today, uh, an illustrious guest, a wonderful guest. Uh, that you you might know her from uh, her New York improv team, the '96 Bulls, or you may know her from uh, her wonderful music, available now wherever music is sold or streamed. This is, of course, Erin Harland. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honestly honored to be here. <laughs> well, it did it did have to be you, uh, be, yes. because for the entire time that I have known you, maybe with like a brief break in the middle, but basically for the whole time I've known you. Your Instagram profile picture has been an image of Hugh Grant from the film <laughs> Notting Hill. Yes. And uh, it, it, to, to have a show where we would talk about Notting Hill and not bring you on, or at least ask you if you wanted to be on, would be a, something of a betrayal, I think. Yeah, no, I appreciate it because, honestly, I don't remember when I changed it to... I, I have had two photos from that movie. I think I excited people by saying I was thinking of changing my avatar finally but then I just changed it to a different screenshot of, of Hugh Grant from the film Notting Hill uh, a bit that's yeah a, that's or I, well because there's I think it confuses a lot of people um, and honestly I don't know how to explain it but I think one time I was just looking at photos of Hugh Grant and they all had this very like interesting energy to them it's kind of like i don't know and maybe we'll get into that but he's just so he's just kind of there you know looking pretty uh but like also being this sort of blund blundering you know i guess nice boy um yeah. A, a, a soft boy. A soft, <laughs> soft boy, boy yes. that a viewer of a film could look at and be like, I am not intimidated by him. Yeah. It's perfectly acceptable to fall in love with this person. Absolutely. Like, wow, he's a model, um, but also yes. he's just a normal guy. <laughs> he's just um, a regular guy. He's handsome, but he's not, <laughs> like, too handsome. I think that's an important component of a male lead in a rom-com is, like, 
They are, they're good looking, but they're not like the most good looking guy you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. There's something about him. Something about like those crinkly, crinkly eyes, which actually I kind of I relate to because I have like downturned <laughs> eyes that that I get like these little definitely going to have like crow's feet as I get older. So, you know, I, I appreciate that in a movie star. I will say. Movie, they're just like us. I, movie yeah. stars should have wrinkles like regular people, uh, and uh, <laughs> and then you know it just makes you it just makes you feel seen. Yeah, I guess you know what we're already here. Let's talk. Let's talk about Big Hugh Grant. Well, um, Kevin, a, a when, yes. When you asked Aaron to be part of the pod, were you just a boy standing <laughs> in front of a girl asking her to be on your podcast? I'm just a boy. Uh, DMing a girl. Incredible. It's just something <laughs> my friend. <laughs> DMing my, my friend. Um, yeah. Incredible. Absolutely. Um, I think I was. I think it was a literal. Honestly, good, very good joke, Kat. Uh, that made me laugh. You got me. Um, but, uh, but, but Big Hugh is, I mean, just a rom-com titan. A, mm-hmm. a juggernaut of the genre. Um, uh, four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, Notting Hill, Love yeah. Actually, Two Weeks Notice, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary. I mean, come on, folks! Yeah. Music and lyrics. He's up on the shelf. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and all within. So I I did rewatch Notting Hill last night just to revisit it. Um, and so afterwards. I went on Wikipedia and was like, well, when was his like first notable film? And and I, I guess, yeah, that kind of launched him into fame. And it was Four Weddings and a Funeral. And yeah, I think that was for what you I know you have the IMDb pulled up. But I think Four Weddings and a Funeral is what, 1992, 1994 or something? 94. 94. Yeah. And then Notting Hill was 98, right? Uh, 99, the classic 99. film year, 99. Okay, so all that happened within five years, but I read on Wikipedia that it said that Notting Hill happened after a three-year hiatus, which means all those other movies he did happened within, like, two years, which is nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So he really was, Absolutely. like, it. He was an it boy. He was an it boy. He was launched. He's, you know, I'm learning about new Hugh Grant rom-coms that I wasn't even aware of here on imdb.com. <laughs> I'm looking at nine months. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm looking at these damn rom-coms. He made a thousand of them. He made Sense yeah. and Sensibility with, with yeah. Ang Lee, which is not a romantic comedy, but a, a It's big... like romantic mm-hmm. and English. He... <laughs> yes, a very English. He owned the the VHS rom-com era. If, if you owned totally. a rom-com on VHS, there's a 97% chance that it was either written and directed by Nora Ephron yep. or starred Hugh Grant. Yep, yep. And then I feel like I feel like if it wasn't Hugh Grant, it was like John Cusack or something. Oh, Cusack. If, it, if you, wanted, if you wanted an American, you yeah. You must, you must. And America's sweethearts, you know? So I feel like, yeah, there was a rotation. Yes. There was a rotation for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask you guys, and I'm sure you've explained it in other episodes, but why a, a podcast about Julia Roberts films? But and I'm not. That's not. That's not a judgment. It's more. It's actually mm-hmm. like it's so incredible because even though I have this photo of Hugh Grant um, when I was a kid, my sister's favorite actress was Julia Roberts. So I did 
grow up watching like all her movies and so and kind of extend by extension I mean I didn't know who to say my favorite actress was so it was also kind of Julia Roberts um so I just think this is amazing and that's and and it touches yeah a, a childhood part of me and, and I just kind of want to know the story how it came to be yeah, it was actually a really, like, powerful and moving um, reason. So <laughs> it was, well, Kevin, you go ahead. You tell it best. You know, it's it, it's a story that's close to my heart. Um, I came up with the pun, Run the Julias, and mm. we were off to the race. <laughs> races from there i I mean i was i've been i've been working on a rom-com script for years now and so like i've I've been putting in my time i've been trying to you know studying studying the classics and if you study rom-coms for long enough you got to get to the julias and i think Mm -hmm. it, it inadvertently spawned off of that pun i think it's a dense interesting filmography that spans Mm -hmm. four decades that passes through many of the great filmmakers of those decades and is under-discussed as a body of work. I know she has an Oscar. We all know and love Julia, America's Sweetheart, yeah. in the film America's Sweethearts. But <laughs> it the, it's, it's not as discussed as a body of work as, say, an Al Pacino or, yeah. or someone like that, even though... She'd probably been in more movies than Pacino. <laughs> like she, she, she ran the table, and she's done "quote unquote" high art. She's done "quote unquote" low art. It's all over the place. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, the the title, for one thing, is like you know sometimes when something has a great title, it needs to be made. Um, and yeah, secondly, I think you're right. She is because by the time even um, Notting Hill happens. She, I mean, when was Pretty Woman? Like, 88? Uh, 1990. 90. 1990. Yeah. Okay, so she's... she's Mystic, Pizza, Mystic Pizza was 88. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, like, 10 years. She's already got a decade under her belt. And then yeah. to do a very sort of meta movie about an actress who was, like, the biggest actress in the world when Julie Roberts probably was one of the biggest actresses in the world... And I know we'll probably get to it, but, you know, that speech that she makes at dinner for the brownie and stuff, it's kind of like, so, what, So like, what you're saying about the fact that she's sort of under-discussed, it's like, yeah, it, it just, I don't know, it, I just totally agree, you know? And I think that she maybe yeah. knows that. She knows, like, what her career is, and I think she's one of those actresses that just, like, does what, um, what a script comes along and she likes it and she does it you know or Um, does it for friends I feel like she's at that point where it's like even doing things that uh are interesting is a lot of work if you have like a specific like family life or something so doing things for friends I was thinking about that what what did we watch where I was like this was definitely a favorite Ocean's Eleven no, I was thinking of Kate Blanchett did something mm. that I was like, this was a favor for a friend. Favor That's cool. Kate Blanchett, Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare Alley. It uh, was yeah, it was it was Pinocchio. I was oh, like, how did well, they get how oh. did they get Kate Blanchett on this? And then it was because she had just done like an, another project with 
that director. And I was like, that's just wild to get Kate Blanchett in this very specific <sighs> bit voice role. Honestly, um, kind of mm-hmm. the dream. If I could have a career, just somebody being like, hey, can you hop on this? It only pays oh, like, no. I don't know, 40000 or however much it is. It's like, oh, great. Sure. She doesn't Tell need the money. It. I know. She, she doesn't no. need, like, you. at that point, you kind of have to choose to do projects because no one can afford you. So you yeah. have to just do the projects <laughs> of your friends. So true. Because so no one can afford your real quote. It's like how, it's like how everyone... On a Wes Anderson movie, every actor makes scale. Every actor makes the lowest. Oh yeah, I just read about that. Who who mm-hmm. said that they only make like oh Edward Norton like twelve thousand yeah. dollars? Yeah, yeah, it, whatever like the legal minimum is for all of them while they're doing that. But like, that's part of it. It's that that's how we can get a thousand famous people in the movie and like get the movie funded. Yes. And they all live out of a five star hotel for the length of oh, shooting. Yeah. And have family dinner every night. You know what I mean? Sounds good. I'll take I'll take the twelve thousand oh, dollars yeah. actually <laughs> in exchange and get for to that. do like the most one of a kind movie with all these sets and you know which is probably also where like all of his budget pretty much is going. So that's respectable. Yeah. So that's very cool of her. Yeah. I feel like she knows exactly who she is and what she does and she's very she comes off as like a very kind of secure person to me i know know her attachment style is probably securely attached i (laughs) i would have to agree yeah yeah she doesn't give like doesn't give avoidant doesn't give anxious just gives securely attached woman what is her um I think I thought I knew this. What is her uh zodiac? Do we know? Oh my god, I need to look this up. Uh let me guess, let me guess real quick. Topic. I'm gonna guess that she is oh you know, I'm gonna guess she's an earth sign, but like a part of me almost wants to say she's like a Scorpio and that it's like really surprising. I don't know. Mm. Do, you I let me know. I think her persona is probably Scorpio because like she's always like the surprisingly like sexual creature or whatever but even though she's yeah, so, yeah. like that's very Scorpio you know okay wait I got it pulled up yeah and she's always a little bit like sassy she is she, she's a Scorpio <laughs> Leo moon Whoa, okay and she's Leo a cancer moon. rising Whoa. the cancer rising really makes sense that like as an actor really makes sense and to be a cancer rising and then the leo moon makes sense and then yeah you nailed it with the scorpio that's funny yeah i might have i might have seen that i honestly might have seen that recently so i'm not a mind reader or like a a, (laughs) uh, um or psychic i should say i think i saw that recently and was like oh my i was very surprised for some reason but wow what a what a cool um combination Thanks for looking that up, Kat. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. It was important. It would have been had, so intrusive. It had never come up. We're four episodes in and we just, it oh, hadn't come great. up so far. Okay, we needed to say, address sh- it at some point. Surely someone has brought up astrology within the first 15 minutes of conversation, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, sure. we, are in- two, we are two queer people and yet somehow it took four <laughs> episodes. You know what? I, I have a, I'm Leo Sun, Cancer Moon. Um, no I'm Scorpio a Cancer Moon. Chart, but yeah. Hey, hey. And then I have a Scorpio Venus, which is how I flirt with people because that just means that I'm 
really good in bed because Venus is Ooh. the sex one and Scorpio is known for their like sexuality. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's my like only way of knowing how to hit on anyone is being like, well, I have a, I have a Scorpio <laughs> Venus. And then with the right crowd, they're like, ooh. Yeah, they're like, they're like, what's your address? When are we leaving? Amazing. Amazing. Well, for, for the Scorpio known as Julia Roberts, this movie is the beginning of her comeback tour. Because um, mm. she, you know, after Pretty Woman, she takes off like a fucking rocket. Um, and she does like three movies the next year. But none of them really hit. None of them really do big business. And so she kind of like kind of has a weird 90s. Uh, she kind of floats in and out of things. It's not that she doesn't have, like, successful movies along there, like the Pelican Brief, but she does, like, <laughs> a, not not only a Woody Allen movie, but a weird Woody Allen movie. She does a movie where she plays Dr. Jekyll's girlfriend. She does a movie where she does an Irish accent. It's like, things are not fully connecting. Oh my gosh, I don't think I've seen any of these. No, of course not. Uh, Because (laughs) exactly, it's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, She has a weird mid-90s, but then 97, My Best Friend's Wedding, Mm. the bag is back. The bag is secured. We're back down. This is where we're at. We're back in the zone. Um, It takes her seven years to make another true blue rom-com after Pretty Woman, which is wild to think about. Um, But then... A couple years later, we got Notting Hill here. And then one year later, she's going to win Sweet Oscar. She has Notting Hill and Runaway Bride in the same year. You know what? We're back. Wait, Runaway. Whoa, I didn't know Runaway Bride was in the same year. Same year. Huge 99 for Julia. She's back. I guess I I would have thought of Runaway Bride in the Pretty Woman universe simply just based on the poster alone. It's like the of same course. sort yeah. of like staging. It feels like it would I be mean, in the that same was era. Yeah. <laughs> the entire marketing campaign of that movie was like, we're going to do Pretty Woman again. Right. Uh, Gary Marshall directs once again. Yeah. Julia Roberts and then and Richard Gere back together. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. That the, the pair, that thing of the directors with the pairings, you know, whether it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler or uh, Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp and so uh, that's that's crazy though I really thought that um, I really thought Runaway Bride would have been like I don't know 95 or something but okay mm-hmm. cool good for Julia so this was kind of in a way a comeback for both her and Hugh Grant I mean albeit mm-hmm. Hugh Grant like just coming like just kind of entering the scene a few years earlier and then i guess taking a break but uh okay yeah he also has a weird time like capitalizing on on the phenomenal success of four weddings and a funeral you know like if you look at the movies that he's making i guess the next year he makes sense and sensibility all power to him but then right after that it's like extreme measures restoration you know like he he, and he kind of takes like like you said like three years off between like Sense and Sensibility at Notting Hill. He's just like, I don't know what's working. I'm going to wait for the right script. And I feel like Four Weddings is obviously like an incubated version of Hugh Grant. And I feel like he just went into a monastery somewhere and like developed the Hugh Grant persona. He was like... What works about me? I'm going to stutter. Like, well, you see, and, and, you know, like, blink a bunch, <laughs> blink a bunch. But at very specific, <laughs> if you look at, uh, I'm not even kidding. The stories people tell about Hugh Grant, he has the blinks like written in the script. Like he knows this is a scientific blinking 
process. He has this wow. down to a science. He wow. went he went to study in fucking that place where they taught Batman how to fight. You know, like he's just but they taught him how to be Hugh Grant in I mean, some mountain sanctuary somewhere. Respect. Res- respect, you know, when you when you know what you got, kind of like Julia. Cuz also I think I I feel like Hugh Grant as a person is actually like very, very dry and cynical, and like, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what is his? What is his astrology? <laughs> I'll look it up. These are but exquisite, I, exquisite yeah, questions. I only like I only misremember fragments of headlines about um, actors. That's generally yeah. things, <laughs> and so I'm misremembering a fragment of a headline about something about how Hugh Grant today like resents the persona that they think he is because he's actually like not nice. And I was just like thinking about that, about like what it must be like to be so famous that you can just openly be like, I'm not a kind person. And people <laughs> need to- it's like, that was just a mask. Um, yeah. Also, I, my guess is that he's a Capricorn. That's my guess. Only because he kind of reminds me of uh, one of my exes. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, so I'm excited. Well, he to was find born out. on September 9th. Damn. Yeah, he's okay, a so Virgo. He's Virgo. Okay. But he has Earth. a he has a Taurus moon, which makes sense for being like a romantic male lead to be mm. grounding and every man. Mm-hmm. And Virgo yeah. makes sense too to be so like detail oriented and to be able to study your brand for three years in an incubator and come out with a persona that's very virgo behavior yeah 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 Um, also knows what he's doing i i am curious what his management was like during that time whenever there's stories like that about like and then they miss the mark i never think that it's the actor like my first thought is never Mm. like the actor's making bad decisions it's like who got to this person at the height of their success and was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna like carry you through. Cause like you see it all the time with musicians and it's a similar story of like the height of yeah. their record thing. And I and I think of actors the same way. Like who oh, was definitely. it? Who was who was pulling the strings and Absolutely. making the bad calls? Yeah, Hugh Grant yeah. circa nineteen ninety six, fire your agent. And I it may be, <laughs> he, he might very well have because and he made he did that thing that we were talking about earlier of like, we got to get the band back together. What worked? Mm -hmm. What do we need to like focus back in on? Because Hugh Grant in the monastery obviously figured out like, what works for me is the written word of Richard Curtis. Um, Because, you know, Notting Hill is directed by Roger Mitchell, who, no offense to Roger Mitchell, is not really a directorial career to (laughs) to envy. It's just kind of like, it's a bunch of random stuff. Nothing besides Notting Hill is anything you've ever been familiar with. But the writer, Mm -hmm. Richard Curtis, is the real auteur of the piece. Richard Curtis, of course, wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, And then he would come, and uh, before that, he was writing Mr. Bean uh, and and Blackadder. He was the Rowan Atkinson architect before he was the Hugh Grant architect. Because he comes back, he writes Notting Hill. He writes Bridget Jones's Diary. He writes Love Actually. And it's like, okay, this is this guy knows how to write mm. some Hugh Grant. This guy gets it. Yeah. I guess I'm guessing because he's probably English, yeah? Oh, abs- definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I feel like he just gets the, like, almost like the rhythm of, like, 
I don't know. I, it's it is really amazing because I do feel like there was sort of like a British uh, takeover in like for romantic comedies and then kind of carried over to what American romantic comedies were trying to do of, you know, um, certain types of characters or certain types of things happening. So, yeah, it sounds like he really set the map for like romantic comedies of that time. Kevin, you said Roman, Roman who? R- Richard Curtis. Rowan Atkinson. Oh, oh Rowan oh, Atkinson. Rowan. Who famously Mr. Bean, uh, famously uh, in the movie Rat Race, uh, yes. in Notting Hill at the jewelry counter, uh, or not Notting Hill, and uh, Love, Love Actually, Actually right, Love right. Actually, yeah. Okay, yes. I thought uh, you said Roman, I mean, and I was going to ask, no. how many times a week do you think about Rowan's empire? <laughs> How often am I thinking about the Roman Empire? As I said to you in a, in a text message a few days ago, Kat, hardly ever at all. How often am I thinking about Rowan Atkinson's career? Quite frequently. Oh, that wait, should be Rowan, the next TikTok Rowan Atkins Empire. Is this because this, there's been that like thing going ar- around? Yeah. Like, ask your boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my boyfriend sent me a couple of those too. Did like, you get to ask first or did he get to you first? He got to me. I was like, I, oh, that sucks. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, after, after, after he sent it to me, I was like, is this true? And he said, ah, and I was like, well, how much do you know? And he was like, I guess a bit. And I don't know. That's kind of just where we left off. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like it, I guess it's maybe it's like the version of uh i you know that other meme or whatever saying that's like just ask like your dad or or grandfather about like for some reason they're just like obsessed with world war ii and like you know what i mean maybe that's like our our generations (laughs) world war ii yeah um that's kevin's girlfriend got to him and got to ask first so that was important wait seeing this or just organically uh, seeing that seeing in that. response to the the popular TikTok trend, okay, um, someone online said recently, and it really has stuck with me, that it feels like we're kind of increasingly talking about gender and sexuality as if they're Hogwarts houses, <laughs> um, and it's really like girls eat this way, boys like this, and yeah. I just feel like that's really what we've been. Barbie was definitely a movie produced in the gender Hogwarts house dynamic. Um, not to invoke J.K. Rowling, but it's just, it's it's kind of how it feels. It's a weird time for me as a non-binary person to be like, so am I just in the, am I in the Victor Crumb French girl? <laughs> am I in the American, unnamed American one? The overseas uh, <laughs> wizarding schools? The mer people yeah. that live in the water but are always at Hogwarts. Like, where do I, I exist? Yeah, I just... I feel like, and as a as a bisexual man, it feels like bisexuals are being, like, pushed with a broom into, like, a little box where it's like, you sit like this. You like this kind of beverage. That Otherwise, you don't get to do this. Um, so that's just, anyway, that's just people, people rigidly enforcing uh, stereotypes on people. So true. And as a cis straight woman, no, I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) No one um, is more persecuted uh, than I. I I will say, you know, sometimes I'll see, like I did watch like a whole YouTube video about like, you know, why we're just aesthetic, 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 aesthet
like girl like tomato girl girl dinner girl this and just like putting girl and i'm like yeah why are we doing that but then i will for dinner have like an apple and a few crackers and and i'll just be kind of be like oh you know what (laughs) but but maybe you know we don't have to label it we don't have to label the fact that maybe i just like snacking okay (laughs) Yes. It doesn't have to be a foundational part of your identity. It can just be you enjoy a nice snack. Yeah, I'm just I just have a light appetite and it happens to be dinner time and I happen to be (laughs) a girl. Okay. Um, Also, look in boys' fridges. Just open any boys' (laughs) fridge and I feel like you'll see the same thing, if not something more So true. Intimidatingly bare. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's like protein powder, Greek yogurt, some Gatorade. And then, like, for some reason, like, a giant uh, week prep of, like, beef that they made. Yeah, uh, and then leftover, (laughs) leftover, half of a leftover of, like, I don't know, Mediterranean food from a bodega three days ago. Totally. Yeah. It's so true. I was going to say, I think boy dinner is a uh, cold pizza that has been (laughs) stuck in the fridge in its original box that you slowly eat one piece from at a time over a period of several days. Honestly. Non-binary dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Is, Let's hear it. Is you have to have, and it's similar to bisexual um, beverage habits. You have to have three drinks at all times. Mm. So a smoothie, a coffee, a water, or something, mm. something like that. And then you have to have like a comfort meal that you just don't even have to think about. You mm. just do it over and over and over. So like smoothies mm. or the same Trader Joe's frozen meal yes. over and over. So you don't even have to think about it. Or you DoorDash if you have money that week. Yeah, that's how it, that's that's how I feel. I think I read something once where it was like ADHD people need to have like the three drink, like just different sets of stimulation. And then I looked at like my desk at work, and I'm I'm constantly bussing my desk because I have like a kombucha, a seltzer, a coffee, a water. Yeah, just just making it easy, you know. Um, Absolutely. This is what I'm glad we tackled this because honestly, it, <laughs> it needed to be said um, that maybe, maybe we're all just the same. <laughs> maybe we're all just the same. We're we're all just girls standing in front of boys, yeah. <laughs> asking them to love them. You know yes. what I mean? Like girl it's dinners, just standing in, in front, front of, of boy, boy dinners, dinners, asking <laughs> to compare the two, asking for three beverages. Um, <laughs> Oh wow, exquisite! Um, and what a what a perfect you know film to to frame this all around of of Notting Hill, um, which is just like it, we this is not a show where we get deep into the plot on any particular film, but just like I just think this is a really well constructed romantic comedy. I mean, like it's hitting all the beats, but those notes there's a reason that we use those four chords over and over again. They yeah. sound really good. Can, can I um, say after? After watching it last night, after rewatching it last night, and having forgotten like big things, where I was like, "Wait, what?" And I feel like I've seen this movie many times, but I guess I haven't watched it in a while. But I watched it with my boyfriend because he hadn't seen it, and he said he loved it, but I did not expect him to say. I said it. So what'd you think? And he goes, "I loved it." And I was like, "You loved it? Wow, that's amazing!" So that was really cool. Um, but it is kind of amazing in the sense that. Sort of huge things happen and also nothing happens. 
She keeps, she's just a movie star who keeps showing up and he keeps letting her. And then she kind of goes away until eventually she's like, actually, I would like to stay. And he's like, okay. Um, And that's kind of it, you know? And it's, but it's, but it's feel good. It's vibes. I, I, between the outfits of both of them, I could not tell who's, I wanted to wear more. I wanted to like wear both. Um, Julia Roberts in the suit. That's in the suit. Julia Roberts Roberts in the suit suit is is, huge. Huge. Iconic. That's unbelievable. Huge. Yeah. There's there's good outfits, some cute moments. uh, And that's all that's all you need to know, really. It's kind of it's kind of subverting the um, the fan girl to like rock star like mm-hmm. trope and that's yes. kind of a fun reversal to have it be normie guy and famous famous woman yeah um and that's probably why it works so well because it's like yeah it's not like an obsessive guy either because that would be scary and not fun it has to be like a really normcore guy who's just bumbling around so mm-hmm. it had to really hit that sweet spot and it did who doesn't even like recognize her at first you know what i mean like does is not like oh of course i know who this is uh like maybe doesn't pick up on it this is something that occurred to me this watch that this is one of the few romantic comedies that is playing off of like a male fantasy Mm -hmm. as opposed to a female fantasy like i am a regular man and a beautiful movie star wants to kiss me you know what i mean like it's just it's it, it fundamentally that is like the the man is the one whose shoes we are in in this film but i think the way it works how it can still connect with that core cis female demo that rom-coms are targeted at is that like they still give anna scott enough like juice that you can still relate to her like don't we all underneath all the constructions that we have to put up to exist in life I can't even testify to like what a, what a, what a woman has to has to put up to to exist in our society. But like, don't we all just want someone to see through all of that and love us for who we are at yeah. our core, yeah. as, as just a girl standing in front of a boy? Yeah, and same with her. It's kind of like I don't know. That is really interesting. Um, he is very very respectful, which is great. Again, she just kind of is like hey and then he's like great you're in town and she's like can we hang and he's like whatever you want and then she's like i gotta go and he's like okay and uh that's that (laughs) um which is kind of nice but uh i am glad that like i don't know just where it goes the fact that like he at one point does kind of stick up for himself and is like i i've just i think i'm gonna get hurt again and then, you know, we, so we do have a moment where it's like, okay, well, it can't be like this all the time. But then that's her sort of like, she has really, really come down to earth. And it just so happens that probably at the time where she's really reconciled with herself is when he like says no. And then, you know, the ending. But I will say, so I'm rambling, but I will say to Kat's point, I did notice at the end that he is wearing a pink shirt and she is wearing a blue dress suit which I thought was really interesting in that sort of role reversal way. Because I do feel like she has, like, she is the more, quote-unquote, masculine 
like you know it, you know what I mean she in that rock starry mm-hmm. kind of way um that she kind of has that power that we would maybe normally see like a male lead have um yeah right she's the one I just who's thought like, of this is how it is Buster you know what I mean like this is this is the skinny of it this I just, is how it goes I thought Sorry, of a yes. absolutely I'm about to ruin everything with what I'm about to say I don't Good. think so let's fucking go okay so unfortunately guys Notting Hill 2 in the 2020s would be I'm so sorry, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She just come in like, hey, and uh, I'm so sorry, but that is what happened in a way, or that's how it was marketed. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that's... Pete Davidson is the bumbling, but it's more of a fuck boy. It's different, <laughs> but it's still stoner scruffy long dude gets kardashian and she's the powerhouse and all she has to do is send her pr team to be like grab pete for me they go to staten island (laughs) i mean oh my god no that's grab pete for me (laughs) sorry following following you talking uh it was really i was trying to think of where it was going and then where it ended up being was uh incredible and honestly so spot on because yeah like pete davidson is he's harmless you know and and i feel like so is william thacker um he's, he's harmless sad. You but he's take dumb like yeah, he's, yeah. he's harmless but he could make a really dumb call at any moment absolutely and you feel like it will happen but he's less uh, the british and the and the softness and the respectful is not the pete davidson so it's a different yeah. It's a different stroke, um, <laughs> but the same vibe. Same vibe, yeah, just updated to this generation. I totally see it. Which also, well, Kevin, because I know you said that, like, in the bookstore, he doesn't maybe recognize her, but I actually thought that he did, but he was the only one who, like, played mm. it cool among others. Yeah. That was my interpretation. That's how I okay. watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he never, oh yeah, because I think she leaves and he's like, oh yeah, because he says to the guy who comes with the cappuccino, he's like, you'll never believe who was just in here. Uh, uh you're totally right. You're totally but then right. he's like, never mind, actually, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. So in a way that I feel like highlights from the very get-go that of all the people who have like freaked out over her or just totally like, I don't know, like that friend who started talking about his stockbroking job and then he asked what she does and and then he just made all these like presumptions assumptions about her as an actress it's like Mm -hmm. he William Thacker really fell right in the middle where he was just like I'm just gonna play it cool and treat her like a person um but also be a little starstruck uh which oh I have a question why do you guys think she first kissed him in that when they're in his place and they're saying bye because she doesn't usually get i'm sure she's used to men who are so Mm. like forward because she is who she is that they have to have like a level of ego beyond hers Mm. to and so she's probably used to men being like the 
the sushi men right that's that movie. yeah no or she's like used to the, the sushi men yeah like she's probably used to like that or like directors who try to are intimidated by her power mm. and so and she's not mean because she you could play this part could be a bitch and it would still kind of work but she's not she's markedly not and yeah. so i don't think she gets walked all over but like this is her rare chance to be like, he's not going to make that move. So like yeah. I get to. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, you're so right. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And we see so many times over the movie where she is just like, I don't know, caught in these stories about her or assumptions about her, um, you know, which is why I think I think that like brownie moment. I am I'm glad that they didn't give her the brownie. I will say, <laughs> but I do I do think that her story was like, you know, I don't know that that part where she says like, uh, at some point they are going to notice that I am not that good of an actress and that I'm mm-hmm. just like a pretty person and I'm just a normal person and I'm just someone who once looked like a famous actress once upon a time is like so I don't know so beautiful when everybody's putting all their stories on her and like fantasies on her um all the time and it's and it's an important moment for uh Will who like gets to see her as like a person as like yeah she's like a three-dimensional yeah not just like a manic pixie Yes, of Hollywood course. Who's star. like wearing like the, the you know when she changes clothes and she's got like the midriff you know kind of look another iconic look uh, oh, from so from many Julia so many um, yeah but she gets he you know I I really like that scene I like this group of friends and I like this group of friends who are just kind of having a hard time don't you don't you and your friend group sometimes yeah. you're like you're all having a hard time a hard year. And you just spend your time commiserating and you even have like a fun, you made a fun little game out of sharing like sad stories. Um, and I think that's really charming. I really like this, this crew. I like the, you know, just like small amount of history between like Will and the, the, the woman who's in the wheelchair, whose name escapes me, you know, like just all yeah. these little weird wrinkles and details and the way they all come together at the end. I think it's really, it's really lovely. I, I love it. Yeah, it's true. They really like worked in this sort of like almost like B plot of uh, <laughs> misfit friends going through a hard time really well. I guess because he kind of sets it up in the beginning uh, with that like one voiceover we hear. <laughs> uh, and yes. yeah, you know, because because they also he brings up the friend who opens a restaurant and then you see them eating in the restaurant like once but you don't and you mm. and you sort of notice that there's not many people but i just thought like oh they're there it's late it's closing time and then the next time you see that guy again they're like uh lamenting the closing of the restaurant having that like one last dinner and i'm like oh right that guy who was brought up in the yeah movie. so they, they, really they did that in. they they do that well with fleabag that reminds me of like Fleabag Mm -hmm. like kind of setting the space before you tell the stories and you're just like oh this is kind of weird and then they do it later so I wonder if this was on um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's mood board I would love to know what Phoebe Waller-Bridge's mood board is if she has one I just want to. What's up there? Also, Phoebe, what are you working on? I'm glad you're like what are you you, she's just been stranded in these like 
Star Wars and Indiana Jones movies, and I'm like, listen, do whatever you want, make the money while the money's there. But like, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Go I make know. something. I know. She's she's punching up scripts. She's taking like a consulting yeah. role. I feel like for now and then, but hopefully, I don't know. Maybe she's letting something cook, you know. And then one day we'll just get something like so brilliant again. I'm yeah. sure. She's taking her Hugh Grant in the monastery period. Like, what do I what do I need to do? What is what is the the future for Phoebe Waller Bridge? Yes, um, yes. And we we need to I you know what? Take your time. It's whatever. I'll I'll wait. It's fine. Uh but yes. And there there's I I the there's the great through line with with Honey, the the friend who just can't find love. You know, that like I I think is really charming and it carries us through. She is the second anchor of that fucking ain't no sunshine oh, one oh, year. Oh, we got to talk like, about that sequence. Every time I've I've only seen this movie two times. Uh, the first time, famously, I watched half of it, went to a five-hour wrestling show, and then watched the second half of it when I got home. Um, <laughs> but every time that sequence happens, I want to like jump up out of my chair. I want to like go like, yes, look at what's happened. Like, it's not it's not that the rom com contemporary rom com is dead because we don't make them. Like, you can go on Netflix and they're putting out rom-coms probably at least one a month oh yeah but the rom-com is dead because there's no one making rom-coms who wants to or would even think of doing something like the ain't no sunshine dolly shot where a year passes in in one shot i mean un fucking believable it's so good you know i think now that i think about it i don't know if this movie would have been what it was i don't know maybe this is like a sliding doors moment using another (laughs) romantic comedy to reference this but like what would this movie have looked like as far as like criticism as far as like i feel like people would have been like it was fine it was nice but i think that that really solidifies that like they weren't just thinking about the the story and and the genre like somebody was like we need to have a filmmaking moment you know and and so uh, there are other great like i mean that's one of them but i also love when she leaves and you see all the paparazzi and then the door closes and the camera i was like somebody and that's what i think netflix is not doing they're not thinking about like let's also have like some incredible cinematography and filmmaking and storytelling through the camera not just through the the actual written story you know um and it's so absolutely yeah yeah and when i watched that with my boyfriend that sequence he was like huh i'm noticing he's walking through the rain but the rain isn't falling on his head uh he notices (laughs) things like that because he does photography so sometimes we'll be watching Um. something and he'll be like oh there was a weird masking around that person's head and i'm like what and then we'll go back and i'll notice it but he noticed that i guess when hugh grant was walking the rain was sort of falling but he wasn't really getting wet um but i knew that it was for a reason which is that (laughs) the seasons are changing and this is basically a music (laughs) video at this point (laughs) so yeah yeah it's so Uh, good yeah it's it's remarkable there's also there's another shot that i really liked it's when they it's after the dinner scene where they like break into that park um and she's on the bench and she says come sit with me and then like 
I guess it's a full-ass crane shot. Crane of shot, just, like, yeah. completely overhead, and it rises up. It's just really nice. There's nice cinematography. They figure out a way to, like, stage dialogue scenes. That's interesting when they're practicing the script on the roof. You know, uh, like, I just, yeah. like, would have been easy to throw that fucking in a bedroom somewhere. And there's plenty of lovely scenes in this movie that take place in a bedroom. But, man, it's just, like just breaking up the monotony of it a little bit, especially because, like, you're stuck in the house literally at that point. She's in hiding um, yes, from a scandal, yeah. a celebrity scandal. She's in hiding yeah. from Alec Baldwin also as well, I'm sure. Oh, right, Alec Aren't we Baldwin. all in hiding from it? Alec Baldwin jump scare in this movie? I, I forgot, <laughs> and then he was like, ah, Jesus. It was ahead of, our t- of its time in that way. It was preparing us to be like, you will fear this man. For the rest of his career. For the rest of your life. Um, That's so true. There was a moment where I was like, I was like, Alec Baldwin. And then I was like, wait, which Baldwin brother is that? Because he has like that scruff. (laughs) So I almost couldn't tell. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 that's that's Alec. But yeah, you're you're right. There is that that crane shot is so it's it. They just threw it in because they wanted to. And he starts to kind of walk away from the bench and you are kind of like, what's he doing? And then she's like, come sit with me. And I, it like, it really does tell a lot by telling so little, which is that, again, he's being respectful. He's being shy. He's like, I'm not going to assume that she wants me to sit next to her just because she sat down. But she does. And it's really cute. And that park looks amazing. Looks huge. I am thinking about my favorite, like kind of hmm, trope thing whatever there so my least favorite version of it is there's two people and they're and it's the mistress and the guy Mm -hmm. and they're cheating in the bedroom and then uh uh-oh the wife's coming home and the mistress has to like hide in the closet and then but do an elaborate lie or whatever like those hate them then every once in a while something will be just the best of its kind and there'll be nothing like it and for me the sexiest thing is the horse magazine oh, bit horse and horse hound and hound <laughs> horse and hound i fucking love it i i eat that shit up it is so good it when when a bit is successfully executed when you get away with deceiving someone through code and through a bit yeah and you're so anxious that they're gonna be caught and then they do it successfully and it's witty oh mwah. that's chef's kiss thank you for bringing that up because that is a really great moment and like to your point you think oh how funny how cute haha he got somehow thrown into this and now he has to do this with her and then he leaves and then they're like wait no it is kind of like an improv like game where it's like wait a second let's see this character have to pretend to be a reporter from horse and hound doing a press junket about a a big blockbuster movie in space with other actors and we see a young misha barton baby misha baby misha barton um, oh my god! But that was yeah. That OC was so heads funny. popping off, and then yeah. to like call it back at the end. Yeah, like, then just oh, bring him back. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and true. Who is it? Who's the sexy one in um, uh, Ted Lasso? It's Ooh, that character. There's so many. The, the Trent something. The, like, oh, the oh Trent Crim, the, the independent. It was yeah. I feel like this kind of 
same universe. That's... I'm so glad you said the sexy character. For yeah, the I was like, one, because when you... I agree because I because I'm on I'm on that same page. When when you said the sexy character, I did not think Trent Krim, but when I see Trent Krim on Ted Lasso, I think he's like so. He's he's like, yeah, exactly uh, the type of person I was attracted to for uh, many years. So I I agree. <laughs> I agree. Independent um, journalists. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the the ending where they bring it back is lovely. And it's very, it's very Roman holiday. Uh, yes, that's right. Except they get to be right. together at the end. That's right. Yeah. We watched Roman holiday like close to, I remember that when we were watching this and we watched Roman holiday like close right around to there. it. Yeah. And I, Another we were slam like, oh, dunk. It's the same, Julia's not it's in it, same sadly. Moment. But... <laughs> In Roman Holiday, yeah. She would, honestly, I feel like if if remakes were as big of a thing as they were in her time, as they are now in her time, I feel like she totally could have been in, like, Roman Holiday or something. Um, I know she's not as, like, sprightly, but she would have been a good, like, modern, you know, she would have given that Julia strength to it a bit. But remind me, what what happens in Roman Holiday that is similar to that scene? Because I haven't seen it in a long time. And how it's, how often do you think of the Roman holiday? The, the movie? <laughs> I I think only, about Roman holiday way more than the Roman Empire. To be I quite do, honest with you. <laughs> the Rowan the Rowan holiday. Um, the Rowan holiday. Uh, I do not unless I I always get you know I'm always getting those like vintage clip sent my way through reels or something or her mm-hmm. outfit or her haircut or that shot of them on the scooter and stuff on the <sighs> Vespa but otherwise I don't really remember she's like a princess and then yes she and oh, he's a I guess reporter he's a reporter and then she ends up staying with him okay kind of, so right? basically nodding oh yeah oh no nodding hill is roman holiday is it is it like no, the same? No, it's, it's not that simple. The ending, I just, the ending makes me think of it because it's a press conference. Uh, at the end of Roman Holiday, she is giving her address and he comes up and asks her a question, but it's like, it's a benign question. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's everything that's left unsaid that he is asking in the question, but she has to return to her regal life. She can't run off with Gregory Peck, newspaper but the plot, reporter. The plot is kind of the same then, though, because... Similar bones. The, yeah, she's yeah, hiding out in modern. his apartment for a while. Yeah, And she's the modern princess is a wow. movie star. Yeah. Wow. And you kind, of, okay. you kind of would think, I will say, and this is spoilers, but I feel like if you're listening to this podcast episode, you probably have seen Notting Hill. Um, but, but You've yeah, also had but, a lot of time to catch up yeah, with it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's been out for a minute. 98, this, is, yeah. this isn't a podcast where you guys get together and talk weekly about whatever, and then it's like, oh, spoiler, Notting Hill. We're, this is a movie. This is an episode about Notting Hill. So I yes, will say, right. I will say the fact that it, I did think there was going to be this bigger, like, yeah, almost like, you know, when they go through the sequence of him actually being with her, I did wonder if there was going to be like a sort of second climax, if you will, or whatever, where he is like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I can't do this. You know, I was thinking of her as just a fantasy. I didn't know what her life was like. And now that I'm in it, I don't know if I can do this. But they just, they just do it. They they live life together. And that's how it ends. And, um... I will She's say staying so, indefinitely. 
Yeah, she sang indefinitely, which is so sweet. And like literally I was watching it going, they get married? Like I didn't even remember. <laughs> uh, and then the ending shot. It's so great. So in a way, it does almost feel like, yeah, maybe modern Roman holiday. But what if she had gotten with him, you know? Uh, so yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. But I don't know. That might have just been pure, purely an accident, which um, uh, would it be could have been. But I don't know. Richard Curtis is—he's a big old softy. You know what I mean? It would not surprise me if intentionally or unintentionally he was just like, "What if we did Roman Holiday?" I think about that all the time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What if I just did? What if I got to make Roman Holiday? You know? Yeah, what I mean? true. What What would you do, Kevin? Nothing different. I would do it exactly the same. It would be pointless. Pointless. <laughs> London holiday. Yeah, you just put it's kind of like um New York holiday. Yeah, it's like Phoenix. I would it's do like Paris, Pete I Davidson and <laughs> Kim Kardashian. You know, if they came to me. Same if script. They, if the, if those two same script like the exact script of Roman exact holiday. Exact same script, Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian. Well, wait. I would make it. I would like if they came to me, I'm like if oh, the check is going to clear, you say? Let's go. I think this will be a, a bizarre, interesting piece of art. Well, and I know this isn't related at all to Notting Hill, but can, but just on the Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian note, can we talk about how... Spongebob? Oh, uh, never <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. Um, that is somewhat similar, I would say. But no, I was going to say that when uh, I found out Timothy Chalamet and uh, Kylie. Kylie were rumored to be together, I was like, did did the Kardashian PR team just go, you know what worked when we just got like a guy who makes a ton of like very very sort of heteronormative guys very angry because a lot of women are into him and they don't understand it uh mm-hmm. get with mm-hmm. like one of the yeah most beautiful most powerful uh women or from that family i just feel like they were like let's take that formula and i want to believe that timothy chalamet chooses love for love so you know i i do think they are kind of dating but there's a part of me that's like they just really applied the pete Kim formula to and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that I don't really have a point I guess I think aside from the one we we recently roasted Timothy Chalamet's lack of whimsy yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we did on the on this very podcast we went after his lack of whimsy a whimsyless chap yeah even though he looks so whimsical like on appearance I could okay I could see how like a really like watered down shallow version of something would be like just looking at Timothy's appearance mm-hmm. it's very different than how he seems except for in little women that is the closest it gets to being in Hugh Grantland yeah um but yeah. other than that like i guess you could like watch little women and be like yeah he's that kind of guy and then just sort of project it onto him because he looks that way. Um, Many people have from actually, all the angry Bones TikToks all, I've seen. Yeah. Bones and all was also pretty good. He played a really good twink. He plays a really he, good edgy bisexual edgy twink. twink. Yeah, mm. like or uh, uh, there's a short film he does where he's a like dangerous a dangerous twink. 
Yeah. He eats people. Well, he eats people in that he movie, which is people. not a spoiler. Right. That's not usually. That's not standard twink behavior. We don't want to start any stereotypes. No, he's kind of. He's kind of good at. I usually. Think, I think because he had that sort of like rap persona too, he's almost good at playing like sort of this like wholesome street rat character, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Much um, more of an Oliver so, than a Wonka. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Wait, say a that real again, newsy, Kevin? I like to think of Timothy Chalamet. He's much more of, he's much more of an yeah. Oliver than a Wonka. Or a newsy than yeah. a Wonka. Or, or maybe he's even a... He's a newsy for sure. Or, or maybe he's even a, a um, in Oliver... Uh, uh, oh my god. Um, the, the, the Artful Dodger? Dodger. I could see him as a bit of a Dodger. You know? He's a totally. little conniving, but he's got a twinkle in his eye, and you love him. If you... Um, if you put Chalamet next to like Jacob Tremblay or yeah. even like Tom Holland, who is perpetually like a twelve-year-old innocent, you know what I mean? Like he's he looks dangerous next to those two. You could get away with it. Yeah, honestly, I almost feel like like Tom Holland would have maybe been a better Wonka than than Timothy Chalamet. He would have also he would have slapped. You know? He would have been amazing. It's that kid can 100%. dance. And that I kid really, is a grown man. And I really but love... But he seems like a kid. Totally. And I really love Timothy Chalamet because also me and my friend have also been slightly roasting the Wonka movie. Um, uh, and I will say that this is this is all related to Notting Hill because of the Hugh Grant factor in case anybody thinks we've gone too off the rails. But So I'm going to tie it back. But yeah, I, I, I keep telling my friend I'm holding out hope. I want to believe that there is going to be that there's going to be something good about this movie. But I did send him, uh, I think it was an IndieWire thing that was like the director said that Timothy Chalamet's voice is like comparative to Bing Crosby. Which which is... Which just, admittedly i've never heard him sing admittedly i don't think okay i have you can you can go on youtube and you can watch him in the laguardia like musicals he did sweet charity and he's oh. not bad that's the thing mm-hmm. but i wouldn't call him bing crosby the like father of like crooning and christmas you know uh so i just he thought that was really like this yeah it's yeah <laughs> Uh, so I was just like, okay, that's a bit of a reach. I don't think he's, he's, I think he'll do well, but I think you're right. There's just something not, I don't know. I'm holding out hope though. And yeah. And Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa and I hope they sort of, I hope they sort of sonic that shit, uh, and like change it or edit it out or, or, or something. Uh, I really, really I forgot that Hugh Grant was an Oompa Loompa. I forgot. (laughs) Just being Hugh Grant. Well, it's a very small moment in the trailer, uh, but there he is. There he is. Cat, Cat, we might have to go watch Wonka and report back. Yeah, we do, because uh, Wonka, um, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka was like a huge hyperfixation for my sibling, Mm. who Mm. is having a really successful year of film stuff, and a big part of their journey was, I think it was 2005, they saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I want to say, over eight times in theaters. Wow. Because my mom is an enabler. And, <laughs> like, they knew when it was coming out on DVD. They had all the merch before. They wow. dressed as Willy Wonka for Halloween. Um, so I do think, like, I have to 
see this. Yes. But I wasn't really planning on it, but now there's enough. There's enough for also like now I'm remembering that I really like Timothy Chalamet as an actor. Yeah. And he's just one of those people that like just you realize that actors aren't who they're playing when they start <laughs> speaking and you're like, oh man, like I actually don't want to be in a room with you. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like I love oh yeah, like I love um uh gay. Gay. Call me by your name. Call me by your name. <laughs> that movie, Gay Gay. gay? That, movie, that movie. What was that movie he was in? Gay Gay. Gay what's Italy. The, it's gay like Italy. gay. Yeah. That. What's that one gay film? You know the one gay film. <laughs> the only one. The only one. Uh, no, that yeah, doesn't matter. He's the incredible. And call me by your name. He's incredible in Little Women as those guys. I know. Previously. He's just one of those people where, like, even if he's miscast, you're like, I can't hate the guy. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, he continues to surprise me. Like, I just really want to, like, like, give him a hug and give him noogies and, like, be his friend. And that's who I kind of thought he was. And now he's, like, dating Kylie Jenner, which kind of makes me wonder, who is Kylie Jenner? It's just all a, a giant mystery to me, you know, which is, which, which, you know, to tie it back to, uh, Julia Roberts as a Hollywood actress who is deeply misunderstood, you know, it it just happens, which is I, I really try not to get too, too into the like rabbit hole of dating because I really do feel like we'll like never know people's lives and, and PR is a thing. And it's really just like, I don't know, um, that's that's just how I feel about all that. And not, not that anyone asked, you know, but... I, <laughs> No, we're sharing. This I'm is going my, A to you're Z. Sharing your thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a real A to Z podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we're, we're covering all of Julia's films A to Z. So true. That's so true. From Ant Bully to wait, she was an Ant Bully. Smurfs to Wonder. Smurfs? Uh, yeah, what? Nothing starts with Z in her filmography. She is in the Ant Bully. Um, wait, I have to we, remember even what Ant Bully was. I remember the 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 title. It's I, if I recall bully. correctly, it is about a, is about a kid oh. who, you know, is a real magnifying glass on the anthill kind of kid. Yeah. And, but then gets shrunk down to the size of an ant and must join ant society and learn that ants are pretty cool, actually. What's I'm it? really impressed with this, that you put any thought instead of being like, it's about ants. You really, like, yeah. gave I'm me tra- much more than I'm trying my best there. here. Yeah. Uh, it, I I think that's what the Ant Bully is about. A film we will have to fucking watch one day. Yeah, I mean it's it's in the title. A Wii game was made of it. Apparent and uh, there's a Google. <laughs> oh, people also ask why did the Ant Bully fail? Um, <laughs> how could it? It says fe- features what a of over- like <laughs> features of overused. Too many cliches, such as main character gets bullied for being different. Oh, we can't have that cliche. Not uh, in no, the kids no. Movie. Can't. no, no. We gotta have nuance. We gotta have nuance she in this. She plays kind of the stuff. character of Hova. Now, does Julia play an ant? As Hova, a nurse ant and a mentor to Aww. Lucas Nickel. Wow. When you said a Wii game, I was still in like British Hugh Grant. A wee little so game. I was thinking like a wee little game. A like wee a little, little game. 
like not a game for the Nintendo boy. Yeah. I I just want right. I just want to say when I looked up this movie, I was like, why do I have a feeling this was came out the same year as B movie? It just has a vibe about it. But while they were not totally. the same year, they were one year apart. 2006 oh, and 2007. Are they the same, like, studio, too? Like, same? Uh, okay, well, B-Movie was Paramount. Let's see. Yeah, you could be right. Maybe it was a whole... Z. It was a whole campaign. Uh, Ample the Ant Bully. Legendary Pictures distributed by Warner. Yes. Wow. Okay, The so battle for the lawn is on, says the poster <laughs> of Ant Bully. Are um, they both... Uh, are bees and ants both... Uh, the mm, three like snowmen but bugs the three mm. thorax not anthrax there's three of them thorax are abdomen the are they those are, are these are these <laughs> are ants bees <laughs> snowmen yes ants, <laughs> this is what bee, my google yeah. would be like <laughs> Oh, is that oh, like their bodies? Because they have like like when you draw them, it's like a ball on a ball. Mm. They, they they call it something. Are there three? Are okay. bees also three, or are they two? And or are ants and bees both the three ones? I think bees are two. <laughs> I won't. No, actually, I, I really have no idea. Somebody, mm. somebody. Somebody tweet. Somebody out write podcast. in if you know about Bug. <laughs> if you know about Bug, you write in. I'm we watching go- just some gameplay footage of the Ant Bully Wii game, and um, <laughs> it's pretty spectacular. Uh, <laughs> We've googled so many things, but we cannot possibly uh, Google this. So please let us know. It's just no, it's just too no complicated. Way. I can't I can't yeah. Google ant biology. I'm watching the ant bully playthrough <laughs> on YouTube.com. The lawn is on. The lawn I'm is gonna, the battle for the lawn is on. I'm gonna pitch my drag performance that oh has been gosh. a burning like desire of mine, like a compulsion really. So but I, I there's some significant financial investment or help that I would need to make it. Anyway, um so I was listening to some music on a long road trip and the Black Eyed Peas song, I'm a Bee, was playing. Oh, and I yeah, was suddenly yeah. struck with genius where I realized the whole drag routine in one quick flash moment. I was like, I know what's going to happen. We're going to open with the opening monologue of the Bee movie in darkness. And then the song I'm a Bee is going to start playing and I'm going to come on in a really, really fluffy bee costume. And then there's a bridge where the beat drops and that's when the strip tease starts. Yes. And then I'm just like a really slutty bee yeah, yeah, to the yeah. song I'm a Bee. And there's no nuance to it. That's it. But I can't stop thinking about it and it's going to happen. This absolutely so. needs to happen. This absolutely needs to happen. 100%. Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the cast of the Ant Bully, and this is unhinged. <laughs> this is this is that Name era dropped. of studio studio animated films where they were just, I mean, they were putting they were anybody in They were grasping at these. straws, yeah. They were just, oh, let's get some famos in here. Post-Shrek landscape oh, of boy. every famous person who will answer the phone. Julia Roberts, Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep, Paul Giamatti, Regina King, Bruce Campbell, Lily Tomlin, Sherry O'Terry, Larry Miller, Allison Mack from Smallville, the one who owned the cult. Um, owned a vixen. 
Yeah, it's um, it's 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 wild out here in Aunt Bully Town. Uh, Again, if I don't know. You want to come in for a, a day's work and make forty thousand dollars? They're like, sure, sure. Thanks. Plus, an ant or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like the residuals of like whatever merch they oh, make. Yeah. I'm sure there's like a really nice cut to being like, we use your voice in the video game and the wee little game. And the, <laughs> and the dolls. And, and you get figures. that really sick moment where in the trailer, we stack all the names on top of each other and, and over to the hottest kid-friendly pop song of the year. Oh, and you'll 100%. get that. Oh, I'm hoping that there are promotional images for the Ant Bully where the actors are standing side by side with their characters. You know, remember when they did that? Uh, you mean like in real life? Like they would post an image of like Bruce Willis, you know, standing with his arms crossed and then his character from over the hedge would be like on his shoulder. Oh, that's Um, so right. Yeah. If such a thing, oh oh, boy, um, if such a thing happened, Google does not have a good record of it, uh, but I am... I am looking at a still from the Ant Bully trailer where... Where where there's an ant, and he has that like a right. 2006 rap grill in his mouth, no. and he's got a backwards hat. Who plays him? It's a kid. It, Who plays him? I don't know. I guess I'll watch the trailer and see if I can identify. I'm just if wondering. Like, I don't know who plays the rapping movie? ant. You know, there's gonna be a rap if it's a kids movie and it's past the year like 82. Like, you know, yeah. there's going to be an educational oh, rap in it. The trailer is one of those trailers where the characters from the Ant Bully are auditioning for the Ant Bully. Not the actors. The characters from the Ant Bully are auditioning oh, for no. their own roles. Oh, they're doing like a, a screen test. It's like fake This bloopers. is a Harry Potter ant. A Harry Potter ant is talking right now. What? I'm really, actually, I love that yeah, frame. This, this has really... That, um. This has really, it's really digging up a lot. We should kind of like reassemble, like in opposition to like Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of like taking over the Comic-Con of it all. We should start assembling Mm. these kids movies of like Shark Tale and Ant Mm. Bully and like this era of things and bring all of the actors back for panels to talk about. (laughs) They probably don't Um, even remember that they did it. Not a not that, a chance. That's in the, world. the fun part. Yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Try, take it really seriously and see what they say. Okay, I love this. I I could not identify the voices of the rapping ants um, from this video uploaded uh, in 2011 by Eight Audrey Rose. Um, but the 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 there is one comment on the video, and it's one of those time code comments, and it says 042 heaven, and 042 is when the ants start rapping. <laughs> this child commenting on this video nine years ago loves the rapping dance from the Ant Bully trailer. Oh my gosh. I think I think we need to find this commenter now and be like, what do you think now? Interview them today? now. What do you think about the rapping ants now? I really Kevin, I think we need to do investigative journalism before our Ant Bully <laughs> episode. I think we go I think it's really the only way to make that fucking episode core. interesting. I think it's the only way that that's a good episode to listen to is if we do like the deepest journalistic dive. Yeah, I think we do the Judd Aptow thing and we just like (laughs) 
bring a recorder and we act like we're like school kids and we're like we need to interview you and we just go we we find whoever we can we hound the pr teams and we get all of the background on aunt bully yeah for no money. the only way expose expose it's time uh truth in journalism uh amazing so i I think any concluding thoughts on Notting Hill? Anything else left to say? Um, um, favorite favorite feature of Julia Roberts? Go of mm-hmm. which there are so many. It's, well, now it's, I feel lame saying smile because it's like smile. the first. I was gonna yeah, say the same so thing. Her. It's, so it's her. the it's the and her hair. Uh, the hair is amazing. In his letterboxed review of this film, uh, critic Matt Singer wrote that every movie star has a signature move. Mm. Um, and Julia's is called The Cryal. Yes. Where she is crying, but will not stop smiling. Like, she is smiling through tears, and uh, she does it a hundred times in this movie. Everyone, let's try doing it right now. Oh, sorry, this is not a visual medium. Um, everyone looks silly. Who's watching, who's <laughs> listening right now? Everyone looks silly, but they're trying their best. But they're trying. And that's why we're not Julia. That's why none of the three of us can do what she does. Is because we look stupid and she looks like a movie star. She's what's my thing? What's my thing, Kevin? Kevin, what's my thing? Uh, your thing is that no matter what you are uh, referencing, you will call it a queer little. Uh, <gasps> you will be like, you should download this app. It's a queer little app for logging what books you read. Mm. Um, that's like your that. signature move. I like that. So it's, I didn't know that I added a little in there. Like, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. I need to really analyze that and be like, why do I need to make queer things smaller? Why can't they have as much power? Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I went to acting school, I noticed that there was something I did a lot, but I don't remember what it is now. Uh, But I had one of those sort of like, like, um, I don't know, just like a go-to thing, I guess, but like subconsciously. Um, but I, I thought you, Kevin, were going to say her laugh, how she has that laugh. That's like, mm. I don't even think I can do it, but it's like, ha, you know, like it's like a big, and then, <laughs> and then she's kind of like, <laughs> like she has like a deep, oh, or she'll go, whoo, like something will make her in the whoopsie daisy part when he says whoopsie daisy, she's like, she's like, <laughs> she really has like a very genuine, like belly yeah. laughter which I, yeah. I think is really good yeah yeah being able to being able to like fake that is any actor will tell you that's that that can be really tough no to, like make tough. laughter seem genuine yeah and she's got it you're absolutely right you're that smile right. and the laugh and also i just need to point out uh when she's talking about about breasts the way she says breasts <laughs> breasts bre- what is it about women's breasts like i can't even do it breasts <laughs> She 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 gets both S's on there somehow. Breasts. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Christina Applegate does the same thing in Anchorman, ah. uh, and it's always stuck with me. Just because I have breasts, exquisite breasts. Um, you just always, you know very... you know some director was or the writer was like you're just kind of saying breasts and it, it, you got to enunciate it a, a little breasts. bit breasts. Yeah, I feel like that that would be a Jennifer Aniston thing too. I feel like she would also. Say it should be like brush. I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was a good. That was a good. That was good. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Any other final thoughts? Um. 
I have the kind of brain uh, where if I don't say these two things uh, that are connections I noticed, my brain will Please, explode. wrap us um, up, Kevin. Well, yeah, you're so welcome. One is that uh, the guy who's trying to steal a book from the travel bookshop is Dylan Moran. Correct. Uh, who would go on to play a famous bookseller on the sitcom Black Books. Correct. I had to say that. Yes. And the second Correct. thing is, at one point, uh, Hugh Grant, in the breasts conversation says uh well it's not all women uh, meatloaf for instance <laughs> is, a, is an exquisite pair and in 1999 the year this film come out the same year come out the movie fight club where meatloaf notoriously has an inflated pair of breasts wow and uh, again that's not a, a cutting cinematic insight that's not a thematic dive into the film no, that's uh, kind but of, if i did it's not like say notting hill predicted things, you know notting hill predicted notting hill <laughs> it was pressure because they couldn't have known. They couldn't have known, but they knew. That's amazing. Uh, so that's what I got. Cat, any any final thoughts? Um, I guess like this is a a good. I mean, hmm, I, I'm just thinking about all the celebrities that I've had crushes on and had this fantasy about, and even though they do end up together in the end, it's so like. The way it's constructed, you just, like, know that that's probably not, like, it's relatable enough that it's cathartic, but then you're, you're brought down to earth that you're like, I shouldn't try to pursue this myself. Like, I shouldn't <laughs> try to, like, slide into the DMs and, like, make this happen or, like, have this happen. I just know as a production assistant, um, Flex, I was on set with many, 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 many celebrities and my job was to not have the Notting Hill fantasy while I was there and mm -hmm. strictly do the first Hugh Grant of it all and just be like I'm gonna pretend I don't know who you are or just like treat you like a person totally. and so this is a very cathartic movie for anyone who has accidentally met their heroes mm. and then regretted how it came out of their mouths or whatever mm. um also yeah. it features one of only a handful of jobs that are available in rom-coms and it's bookshop yeah. and so for that i appreciate but, that they didn't try to do anything different they were just like no. yes this yeah. is part of the template. This is they're setting the template here so of true. preposterous rom com jobs. If you're not an architect, you own oh. a weird business. Uh, Restaurant oh, owner. Yeah. I love movies about movies. Obviously, yeah. Love movies obviously. about Meta movies as hell. Love them. Well, actually, I have great a fake I movie have... in this movie. Helix. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, that looked really legit. And I think there's. I want to say there's a movie where Julie Roberts does wear a wig, like her character. There's like a period. There's a period piece that they were doing too. Oh yeah, the Henry James film, but I don't know. I didn't yes. know what. Calm I didn't back. know which which story it was, which Henry um, James novel. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But there is. I think it's possible. I could be wrong here, Aaron. You might be thinking of the film Closer <gasps> coming soon to this very podcast, where starring Julia Roberts, but Natalie Portman wears an incredibly similar wig. Oh wait, no, no, no! I've, and I, I've seen closer. I have seen closer. Okay. But let me, let me, maybe. Um, 
I've been actually, so I've been like watching videos about like face proportions. Um, I know that sounds really. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. As one does. Okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. So, so not in the dark it. here, yeah. but they were talking about how, you know, Julia Roberts comes across as so striking because she's kind of extremely like she doesn't have big eyes and then a nose and lips or like like a big yeah. nose and then little you know everything is everything pulls you in her eyes her nose her lips they all just work very harmoniously um and then she doesn't have a big a very big forehead so when she wears bangs it's kind of i mean she's still beautiful but it's technically like sort of less flattering on her because it really mm. it like doesn't uh. balance out her face because everything is so right here so when yeah. she wears bangs you're really just like looking at that this. makes sense. And they, I have noticed there's some hairstyles that aren't for her, but I didn't know why. I think it's the bangs. <sighs> it's bangs really. Her face is so there's so much drawing you in that she actually needs a little bit of forehead to like balance her out. But in in the um, in some like examples that this video showed, they kind of showed her in like a wig with bangs where she looked like that but maybe it was from maybe it was from this movie so i i could or is it a is it a blonde wig from the film pretty woman because oh. at the beginning of that movie she's wearing like a short kind of bob blonde that's wig that's right she's got kind of like a little choppy you know and yeah she, she rocks those to be honest oh wait no, no no wait oh here it is here it is she's mother's day Oh, Mother's Day. Her hair in the movie Mother's Day is a very similar bob. and You're 100% right. what it is. It's it's a lot more red, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I forgot how I got onto that. (laughs) Uh, Because I I mentioned uh, the fake movie in the movie, and you know what? I'm glad we could solve this mystery. Because it would have ate all of us alive. Uh, Wow, that is... um, I'm looking at the poster for Mother's Day, and that is that is a hair. Yeah, That's a, I unfortunately a saw it when I was <laughs> trying to figure out what which ones were doing next, and you were like, "Ha ha!" And probably, and I started scrolling, and then I saw the poster for Mother's Day, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" This Featuring is Jennifer be. Aniston. This is gonna be that. I say it's another fucking Gary Marshall movie. Um, uh, Next year, let's just knock out all the holidays. We'll do Valentine's Day. We'll do Mother's Day. Oh God! Like, let's just fucking. Let's let's get rid of them. <laughs> get, them get them out of here. New Year's Eve. Uh, thank God she's not in that one. If I had to watch, <laughs> if I had to watch like three of these fucking movies in one year, I think I'd, I think I'd lose my mind. Yes, uh, uh, amazing. Anyway, Notting Hill, spectacular, wonderful film. Yes. If you somehow are listening to this and you've never seen it, hopefully this this episode is a ringing endorsement. I really liked it when I first saw it, and it improved on a rewatch. That's a Julia thing. I think that's part of her appeal. Yeah. Her movies are going to kind of creep up on you. They're going to like Mystic Pizza kind of sneaky, like picking up half a star on the rewatch. And I think Notting Hill did the same thing. I think she's she's got a cozy charm, but she also has kind of like a brassiness about her. She's not going to take any any guff. You know, she kind of she's she's got a forgive me. uh, She's got a fire about her. Wow. Some some Scorpio, uh, some Scorpio Leo Moon, uh, Cancer Rising energy about her. Too true. Specifically, uh, I can't speak to what any of that just meant, but I will say <laughs> yes. I, I will. I will agree with you. 
Um, well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. It was a, it was a true, true pleasure. Uh, why don't you tell the nice people in listener land uh, what you're up to? I think someone is dropping a new single. That's correct. Yes, I am. Um, if you could, you can follow me. I'm at E-R Harland, E-R-H-A-R-L-A-N-D. Um, I am the one with Hugh Grant from Notting Hill <laughs> listening on set headphones um as my picture uh and i am yeah i'm releasing a new song i'm really excited about it it's um it's gonna be fun so yeah follow me along and listen to any i have other music out too and uh people it's very uh it's very uh coming of agey um about lovey type songs so you know all fits in with this it's very good. I love that first EP. I'm very, very oh, excited thanks, to, to hear more because I played, I played it out. You know I think what I mean? You're I gonna, need more. I, I need new music. I think you're going to like it. It's very poppy. It's very, very poppy. Amazing. So. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, wonderful. Kat, anything? I'm Kat Scott online on the Instagram and you can check out my link in bio to see if I've made any progress yet on my little virtual, my queer little virtual space. <laughs> um, and also, I just want to say that Bottoms is a fun movie. And much like Julie Roberts movies, it was even more fun on a second watch. But the campiest thing about Bottoms is that Rachel Sennett and Ao Adebri at the very beginning are constantly talking about how they're ugly. And I don't get it. Mm. I couldn't buy into it. Um, took a while to immerse myself because those those aren't ugly people. Mm. And it was just one of those actor things where it was like it was like a girl, a hot girl wearing glasses, but now mm. we saw it with with the gays. Right. Where it were it were the it was these hot gays being like we're so frumpy, and it just didn't make sense, mm. and that's <laughs> been on my mind. Uh, uh, Hillary Duff in um, Cinderella Story, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right. What exactly. a loser. <laughs> Brittany Snow in John Tucker Must Die. Exactly. Uh, classic exactly. example. They don't do now we anything have, to frump yeah, up Brittany Snow. Now we have our lesbians. Mm. So, wow. Yeah, that's representation. Yeah, lesbians need to feel ugly, even though they're not cute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> finally, finally, a story 100%. that was told. <laughs> finally, you know, it's like finally, Progress. lesbians are also getting mediocre rom coms. You know yeah. what I mean? That's equality. Getting getting stuff that is mild as well. I, I don't think, think it's mediocre though. I, I, I didn't see bottoms. Like, that's not what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it's a. I mean, I guess it's the plot of American Pie mm. and Fight mm. Club put together. That's so true. But 1999 specials, both of them. I will. Yeah. I will say that I think that, like, I don't know. I guess in a way, something like that always feels like slightly realistic because I feel like there are a lot of like beautiful people who don't think that they're like beautiful, or they, especially in high school when it's all run, all the social whatevers. The system is run around like just somebody determined that someone was the popular person and somebody else was not. And, you know, yeah. but I will definitely keep this in mind because they are two very stunning people. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. 
Yeah, it was just a lot of throwing the word ugly around to describe people hmm. that I wasn't expecting from sort of like a Gen Z tale. Uh. I, I thought they would use other other ways to belittle people than a very like outdated, uh, yeah. that person's ugly. Yeah. And like it comes up a few times. So I'm like, I wonder okay. why this is the lens. Um, are they in high school in that? Yeah, film? they are. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's it. No, no teens, you know, feel at home in their that's own true. body. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I feel like it's like the 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 constant mentioning of it sounds like it was the mm-hmm. like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If it had been mentioned once, I would have forgotten like, oh, about yeah. it. Eh. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Okay. It's it's interesting. All right. So interesting. Uh, so that's a hearty recommendation for bottoms. Uh, and um, See it. yeah, let's. Cat, uh, uh, do we want to? Before we go, do we want to tell people what's coming up <gasps> yeah. next? It's coming down Run the, the pipe. Julias. I, think... I know we were. Now we yeah we, we gotta lock this in. We were kind of talking about this over text earlier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't quite. I don't want to misspeak, but we have we no, have a it. couple. What have you done like, so uh, far? If you we don't did. Mind we me started asking. with Pretty Woman. We did because you, you have to. Of course, gotta. Uh, then Mystic Pizza. Right. Uh, and then Ocean's Eleven. Okay. And now we're rocking here, Not and you are you are episode number four. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we have Kevin has two friends who happen to be dating each other. Huh. Who and who happen to have separately chosen. Movies directed by Mike Nichols to cover on this podcast. Um, so we'll probably so, put we'll probably do those together. Yeah, in um, what I will call Nickelvember. Uh, and then I've I've already seen Closer because I knew that was coming down the pipe, and I'm obsessed. I'm excited to talk about that. I'm one. ready. That I, one, I, I might listen. even watch it again. Oh, oh yeah. I listened to that twenty-hour Mike Nichols audiobook the last like month. I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. Let's go. Um, yes, and are, so are we doing Mary Riley, I guess is my yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, so it's spooky season, you can expect a Mary Riley. I didn't know about it. She hasn't done a lot of spooky movies, so that's going to be our spooky season, but mm. you'll probably hear a few before then. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out the order, but we'll we'll get it done. So Mary Riley, where she plays the GF of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, we will Whoa, uh, be covering so that. I know, because it's the it's the only thing on her filmography I think that even close to qualifies as horror. Uh, she did not have those early career like Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun or Renee Zellweger in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like she didn't have any of those, so like this is the only one we're doing. We're do, we'll do Mary Riley, um, where again she plays GF of of Doctor Jekyll, streaming now on Tubi.com, free with ads. And uh, that's 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 next on Run the Julias. We're gonna run the Rileys. So let's watch along with us and and text me if you've listened to this. <laughs> text me directly. Uh, <laughs> My yes, number is <laughs> five 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 five. Yeah, and let five, us know about those five. bees and ants, whatever they are. Yeah, if you have ant bully information, I'm not kidding. Like, DMs are open on all social media platforms. Please send us Please. what you know about the if production of ant bully. You have ant bully details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need them. <laughs> Please. Any, any degree of separation of anyone who worked on the film. A hundred percent. If you, like, got coffee for the cast of the ant bully, like, key I grip. want to Best hear boy. Key, key grip on, yes, the on the animated film. film. <laughs> 
if you are John A. Davis, director of the <laughs> Ant Bully, please, please DMs. If your children who feels like your dad, who the director of the Ant Bully, wasn't around enough, and you want to speak to that experience of how Ant Bully broke up your family, we would love to hear that. My dad was always too busy with his ant bully. He could never, he missed my graduation. And then he became an ant bully himself. <laughs> no, my, my dad's a little ant. Walking um, Phoenix actually prepared for this role by dressing uh, as an ant. Too true. Wow. The, the auteur behind uh, the ant bully is uh, the brain behind uh, Jimmy Neutron. Obviously. Wait a second. Wait. Okay. Now I gotta watch it because Jimmy Neutron was gotta... a banger. That was <laughs> a banger. Gotta... All right. That's where I've. Johnny that's Davis. where I'm leaving off on this podcast. Is that I got I. I actually do have a reason to go watch the Ampoli now. <laughs> gotta go watch the Ampoli. Uh, <laughs> if I can find well, it. Well. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's gotta be. Come on. It's gotta be somewhere. You gotta be able to dig up the Ampoli. Um. If failing all else, I'll find find a copy felt that'll that fell off a truck. I'll make sure you can get a link to the ant bullet. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Uh. Perfect. Put it on my Plex server. <laughs> um. So anyway, this was uh, our episode on Notting Hill. Yeah, a screener that I definitely destroyed after I watched, as instructed. Definitely did that with all my screeners. Quote unquote. Uh. All right. Uh, get out of here, audience. Leave. I'm just a boy standing in front of a microphone telling you to get out of here. (laughs) Bye, Julia Roberts fans. If that's who's listening. It's it's haters. (laughs) It's trolls. I'll take hate listens. Hey, hate listens and joy listens download the same way, baby. Oh, yeah. Wonder this time where she's gone. Wonder if she's gone to stay. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And this house just ain't no home. Anytime she goes away. And I know, I know. Sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away best part of my day.